so much, Amber and Joe. Um, hello again. It's good to see everybody. And um, today is obviously such a special day in the life of our church, but also in all of our lives because it is Mother's Day. And uh, the Bible tells us to give honor where honor is due. And this is our opportunity to honor our moms. So if you are a mother in the room, would you stand and let us honor you this morning? Yes. Look at all these moms. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Okay, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. And we, we do honor you today. And uh, special honor to my wife and the incredible mother of our children who loves and serves our family and this church so well. And I know also that this day uh, is and can be a reason to celebrate, but it is also for many of us an occasion to, to grieve. And uh, the Bible tells us to celebrate with those who celebrate, but also to weep with those who weep. And so today, if today is an opportunity for grief, if your mother has passed away, um, or if you have an estranged relationship, we just want you to know um, that, that we are grieving with you as well on, on this difficult day, if it is tough. If you remember, though, last week, if you were here, we talked about how the church is a family. And in 1 Timothy 5 is really where we get that. And it says to treat all older women as mothers. Okay? Now, I'm not going to put an age on what Paul meant by older women, uh, but the truth remains uh, that we are blessed by all of the women in our congregation. All of the women that are here, uh, we, we are blessed by you because you are uh, mothers in the faith, even if you don't have children of your own, uh, you, you, are, you are mothers in the faith and, and you are loved and honored today. So thank you so much for that. And today's focus on mothers and the family and of course the baby dedications, it gives us an opportunity to talk about something that's extremely important for us and that's passing on the faith, passing on the faith. Um, I know that it's the desire of all of these parents that were up here today, and if you are a parent, I know it is your desire uh, that you would pass on your faith to your children, meaning uh, that we desire and we pray for our sons and daughters to be our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is our greatest desire. I know that I want that. Emily, Claire, and I pray for that often. We pray that our kids would profess faith at a early age, that they would love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength for the, all of their lives. That's our prayer. Um, but how do we do that? If it's our desire, it's something that we want, how do we do that? Practically, what do we need to do as parents, as grandparents, uh, as a, a church family, to pass on the faith to the next generation? And that's exactly what we're going to look at today. Um, that's exactly what we are going to see today in our text. Okay. Um, one of my favorite pastors to, to read and to study is Charles Spurgeon. You've probably heard of him before. And uh, I was looking back through his autobiography that he wrote, and he had some things to say about his own mother that highlights the importance of our moms. I want to read this to you. Here's what he said. I, can, I cannot tell how much I owe to the solemn words of my mother. It was the custom on Sunday evenings while we were little children for her to stay at home with us and we sat around the table and read verse by verse and she explained the scripture to us. Fathers and mothers are the most natural agents for God to use in the salvation of their children. And I'm sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression on my mind as the instruction of my mother. And neither can I conceive that for any child there can be anyone who will have such an influence over the young heart as the mother who has so tenderly cared for her offspring. 
And never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. And certainly I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessing which the Lord bestowed on me in making the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. You see, the, the importance of our mothers cannot be overestimated. If we have a mother that loves us, that cares for us, that has prayed for us, um, we, we really don't have the words to express um, how important that is for us. And I have to throw in this little story as well. Spurgeon then wrote, um, my, mo- my mother said to me one day, Ah, oh, Charles, I often prayed that the Lord to make you a Christian, but I never asked that you might become a Baptist. And he said, I could not resist the temptation to say, Ah, oh, mother, the Lord has answered your prayer with his usual bounty and given you exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever asked or thought. But we cannot overestimate the importance of our mothers. And this was true in the life of Timothy. As we see in our text today in 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 4, verse 5 in particular, and then also in chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, we see the importance of Timothy's mother in his life and his grandmother. And so here's the point of the sermon. It's our job, it's our job, all of us, to pass on the faith by living it out and teaching the Bible. <laughs> all right, here are the ABCs right here, people. This is, nothing, uh, this is nothing groundbreaking, but it is our job to pass on our faith, the faith, once for all, delivered to the saints. It's our job to pass it down by living it out and by teaching the Bible. It's all of our jobs. But this text has a specific emphasis on moms. We collectively bear the responsibility to pass on their faith to our children, also all of the children in our midst that were in here today and that were up on stage. Um, And you've already committed to this. But look back at chapter 1, verse 5 with me, where Paul wrote to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. So how do we pass on our faith to the next generation? How do we pass on our faith to our children and the children in our midst and our congregation? How do we pass on our faith to our grandchildren? We live it out. We live it out. The word that is key in this verse that I want you to see is that the faith that Paul saw in Timothy and the faith that he saw in Timothy's mother and his grandmother wasn't just any type of faith. What does it say? It was a sincere faith a sincere faith. Um, It's not a dead faith. It wasn't a hypocritical faith. Um, It wasn't a type of faith that, um, you know, just showed up on Sunday because it was sort of the thing to do and then never talked about it outside of the walls of the church. It was a sincere faith. Sincere meaning without pretense. Meaning it's not a show, this type of faith. It wasn't just something to to look good on the outside, uh, but it was something that actually affected the heart and affected the way that Eunice and Lois actually lived their lives, and it affected the way that they raised Timothy. It was without pretense. It wasn't a show, and it was genuine, or it was sincere, right? It It wasn't a perfect faith, but it was a faith that could be seen to be the real deal. That is the type of faith that we must have, the type of faith that we have to live out, not for show. There's no hypocrisy. You know, if you want to guarantee, you want to guarantee that your kids will not follow Jesus and will leave the church, come here every Sunday, 
but then never talk about Jesus outside of these walls. Ne- never let it affect anything else you do. That is, um, that is the checkbox for making sure that your faith is not passed down. If it only stays kind of right here in, in what we're doing here on, on Sunday mornings, instead, a genuine faith is one that affects every area of our lives. It's a sincere faith, and we need that type of faith, a faith that's deep and a faith that's alive and the type of faith that we can pass on. Because if it's dead, if it's boring, if it's lifeless, who wants anything to do with that? You know, if, if, if you're looking at people whose, who's, you know, their faith doesn't mean anything to them, well, why would, I, why, would I want any, why would I want anything to do with that? Right, but a faith that's alive, that does something, that affects the way that we live our lives, that's vital in living, that's what I want to be a part of. The same is true for our kids when we pass on our faith. If we want our kids to have faith, we must have a sincere faith that actually means something, something that's all-encompassing. It must affect every area of our lives. It must work itself out in every area of our lives. For example, what would it do for your child or your grandchild or the children in our church? What would it do for their faith if your family had neighbors over for dinner, you showed them hospitality, served them, and talked about them, uh, talked about Jesus with them. And your, your kids got to see that in action. What would it do for your child's faith to catch mom or grandma uh, in prayer whenever they walked out of their room in the morning? If your kids saw that, what would it do for your child's future faith if they heard of the conversations that mom was having at work and about how they invited somebody to church and they were going to join their family on Sunday? Right? These are just small little examples of how we actually live our faith out and our ch- children will catch on to that. And I think that's what happened with Timothy, with his mom and his grandma. He saw them have a faith that was actually being lived out and it stuck. So we live out our faith. So mom, is your faith sincere? Is it real? Does it affect the way that you live your lives? Does it affect your prayer life? (laughs) Does it affect the way that you raise your children, the way that you love them and care for them? Does your faith affect that? That's the type of faith, if so, that will be passed on to the next generation. But it's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs, as we already covenanted today, to help raise these children. Now, Turn the page or or look over to the next page in chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Um, And here we sort of pick up on this same idea, and Paul is reminding Timothy of of this faith again. Paul's telling Timothy, if if we read up and if you've got an ESV Bible, the subheading of chapter 3 is godlessness in the last days. So Paul's telling Timothy that things are going to get bad, people are going to get crazy, and Christians will be persecuted. People will be deceived, and then he makes the turn, and we get to verse 14, where he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." So Paul makes a turn here, and um, I love that in, in verse 14, where it says, But as for you... Continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Okay? Now, this perfectly maps on to Mother's Day and, and what we're doing today. Uh, because the culture, it seems, our culture in general, it, is, it, it seems as if um, it's going to continually make Christianity not very popular. Right? 
that's kind of the, the direction that, that we're heading. Um, and there might be, Christianity maybe already is and is certainly heading toward uh, most people kind of seeing it with a scoff and a scorn and, uh, and maybe a, a bit of persecution. Now, not like our, you know, there's uh, beheadings happening for our faith, but, but a general like negative outlook toward Christianity. So passing on our faith is becoming even more difficult. And that's what Paul is, is talking about with Timothy here. He says it's going to be difficult. It's going to get harder. The, the world is going to be against you. It's not going to be easy to be a Christian. And then he says, as for you, continue on what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Okay. Now, if you have an ESV Bible, you see that whom is footnoted, uh, that it is a plural word. And so Paul, Paul's saying... Um, Remember all of the people who taught you the faith and let that encourage you when times get hard. Remember everybody who has poured into your life that has helped you follow Jesus along the ways. Remember them. Remember whom you learned the faith from and let that encourage you to keep going. See what's going on here? That, that uh, you know, it's the kind of typical, it takes a village, right, for, for, to, to raise a child, but it takes a, I don't know, it takes a metropolis to keep them in the faith. Right? We, we need all of us together to help um, raise our children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. You know, it, it's like Paul is saying, remember that Sunday school teacher. <laughs> remember that VBS worker. You know, re- remember them. Remember your mom. Remember your grandma who prayed for you so. Remember them and let that encourage you to keep going. You can do it. Remember who came before you. Remember who's poured into you. Keep going. That's what Paul is, is saying to Timothy here. And for me, my personal story, I didn't really grow up going to church. Um, so I didn't have an example really of what it looked like to be a Christian. Um, but when the Lord saved me when I was a freshman in high school, I learned later on that there was, um, there was a family that was praying for me, that had been praying for me in the church for two years prior. So here's an example of a sincere faith. Let me tell you the story. Sherry Rogers was the pastor's wife at Harbor Church in Ulaga, Oklahoma, okay? Um, and she had a daughter named Blair who was in the same grade as me. And I moved back to Ulaga, my hometown, and we had moved away to Tulsa for a while. We moved back in seventh grade, and, uh, and I met Blair. We probably had a, you know, a class together or something. We weren't friends, but, you know, we knew each other. And uh, this was when I was in seventh grade, Okay. And her mom, Blair's mom, Cherry, is the pastor's wife at Harbor Church. And um, Cherry had four daughters, and she also worked at the school. And this family had a 30-minute drive to school slash work every day. And this mom, Cherry, um, she would, they, 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 they would pray for those 30 minutes every morning on their way to school. Every single morning. She would ask each of the daughters, what can they be praying for? Who can we be praying for? And they spent that 30-minute commute to school and to work every day in prayer. Every single morning. And they would spend those, um, those, those days in prayer. And for some reason, the Lord, put Blair, uh, or the Lord put me on Blair's heart. And I found out years later that the Lord graciously answered those prayers two years worth of praying for me, somebody that they didn't even really know. And then the Lord saved me two years later when they had prayed for me every morning on their way to school and on their way to work. Isn't that unbelievable? Um, So 
there's a sincere faith, but then there's also somebody that when things get difficult, when, when I'm like, what, what are we even doing here? <laughs> like, is this all worth it? Um, I think about people like that. I think about Cherry Rogers. I think, no, <laughs> I've been invested in too much. Um, there, there are too many people that, that want what is best for me in the Lord for me to give up and quit now. And so they encourage me to, to keep going. So that's what a sincere faith can do. And we get to verse 15. What do we need to do then to pass on the faith? Verse 15 teaches us that we need to teach the Bible. Teach the Bible. Teach the Bible to our children. Timothy was acquainted with the sacred writings, it says, which Paul later identifies as the scripture in verse 16 that is breathed out by God. So this is God's very word to us, the scripture. Um, and some, some of your Bibles uh, translate childhood as infancy. And the idea is basically uh, as early as, these, as Timothy was he, was, he was learning the Bible. His mom and his grandma were teaching him the Bible from the earliest possible age, and it paid off. Now, real hip modern parenting would call this indoctrination, <laughs> and uh, to which we would reply, amen. If... By indoctrination, you mean having a sincere faith that means we allow the Bible to shape our worldview, to shape the way that we live, to shape the way that we talk, to shape the way that we conduct our family. If that's what you mean, then absolutely, amen, yes, that is what we do. We let the word of God dictate the way that we live our lives. We let it have uh, primacy, the, the prime place in who we are and what we do. We put the scripture there because it is how God speaks to us today. The sacred writings that Timothy taught would have been the Old Testament, um, right, which teaches us the importance of the Old Testament and how it points us to Jesus. But then Paul says, all scripture is breathed out by God. Later on, Paul refers to other New Testament writings as scripture. And so what we have in the Old and the New Testaments is God's word to us today. We have all the scripture. And as our confession of faith says, this scripture is God's revelation of himself to man. It is the perfect treasure of divine instruction, has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error as its matter. That's good. That's what we have in the scriptures. And it must be central to our lives and to our families, and we must teach it to our children because it is how they can be saved. Ultimately, our hopes for ourselves, my hope for you, and our hope for all of our children is found in verse 17 that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This means that our children would rise to meet any occasion that might come their way, any challenge, any difficulty that might come if we have rooted and grounded them in the scriptures and if they've professed faith in Jesus, this is our goal, that they would be equipped for every good work. No matter what comes up, no matter how difficult it might be to follow Jesus, if we have given them this foundation, if we've lived out a sincere faith, if we've grounded them in the scripture that is able to make them wise for salvation, this can be our hope and our prayer that they would be equipped for every good work. It's important for us to remember, though, that merely teaching the truths of the Bible is not enough. Right? It must be accompanied with this sincere faith. Verse 15 um, doesn't say that being acquainted with the, the sacred writings saves you. It's not just knowing a certain level of facts that saves you. It's not just, you know, I, I could 
catechize my kids in the, Sunday, you know, the second London Baptist Confession of Faith and they could walk around spouting off every bit of Bible knowledge, but it won't do any good if I haven't modeled that faith and if they don't have faith. All right, it's not just about a certain level of head knowledge, though they do need that. Our children do need that. We all need that. But we're not saved by a certain level of knowledge. We're saved through our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what verse 15 teaches. Being acquainted with the sacred writings is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So we're saved by grace alone through faith alone, not by a certain level of knowledge. And that's important for us. That we're saved by faith and faith alone. And that's what we pray for our children, that they would come to faith in Christ Jesus, that they would have faith in Jesus to save. So we pass on our faith by living it out and by teaching the Bible. Um, so just a couple of practical suggestions as we, as we wrap up. Um, and this is for all families. Even if you are an individual family unit, you can put these things into practice right now that will help ensure that our faith gets passed on. One, you know, again, these are not groundbreaking, by the way. One, read the Bible. <laughs> uh, read it personally. Read it out loud as a family. You know, uh, in the pastoral epistles thing, it's in 1 Timothy, we're, we're called to devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. Re just read it. Read it. Read it out loud as a family. Talk about it. Ask questions. Allow your children to ask you questions about the Bible and be okay with saying, I don't know. And then you can come, you know, say, oh, oh, no, let's ask the pastor. And then you can come to me with your questions and we'll say, I don't know either, but we'll figure it out, you know. Uh, we, we have to be okay with that. You know, this is this, um, a, a big reason that people leave the faith is by seventh grade, I think the studies say, by seventh grade, children have a question that they never got answered. And that little question that they never got answered, that thing that they wondered about, there was never an avenue to ask it. They didn't have anybody to ask it. It's probably a very answerable question. But that one question that they had by the time they were, whatever, 12, 13 years old, caused them then to, to leave the faith. So we have to, our families have to be um, places and a safe spot for our children to ask questions of the faith. Okay? So read the Bible, read it out loud, read it together as a family. Ask questions and allow your kids to ask questions. Remember, this is how God speaks to us, so we must make it central. Two, prayer, pray. Pray together as a family. Pray at all of your meals, at least, and then devote another time to prayer as well. Keep a list of things that you're, you're praying for. Ask your kiddos what, what they need prayer for, you know, and it, it's, it is probably gonna be your dog, you know, like every week, but that's good. You know, set, set up the example uh, that, that we, we pray as a family and uh, we pray for one another. Three, sing. I know, crazy. Um, sing together as a family. Let, let, the, let the truths dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16, singing. Um, you know, sing your favorite hymn or song before, uh, before bed, before your kids go down or read before you, or I mean, uh, sing before you have dinner. Like just set in these things because music uh, sets these truths down, you know. Have, have, have your favorite worship album playing throughout the day and let your kids listen to it. Sing together. And then the last one is this. Come to church. <laughs> Commit to it. Um, be here every week. And this is a part of that sincere faith, you know. Because um, if, if, if you're committed to, to be here every week, um, that, that's going to that's gonna communicate something to your children, you know. That's going to say that this faith means something to us. And maybe it means you sacrifice some things. You know, maybe you don't 
you know, I'm not going to pick on anybody. You can fill in the blank of maybe what you don't do on Sunday mornings. Instead, you, you make the sacrifice to be with the people of God, to worship together, to sing God's truths, to hear his word preached, to be built up in the faith, and then to go live it out. Have a sincere faith. Come to church, commit to it. And then when you come, when you're here, last thing you can do is to sing. Sing when it's time to sing. Pray when it's time to pray. Listen well when it's time to listen and serve. And then let your children see you do these things as well. And that can be the type of faith that we pass on to the next generation. That's the goal. That we want um, to pass on our faith by living it out. Have a sincere faith and teach the Bible. Let it be central in your life, individually, the life of your family. And I can promise that it will be central here at what we do in our church. Amazing times, and um, I am grateful that you have joined us today, and I pray that you will take what we have done this morning uh, seriously, that, that you would commit to come alongside and, and to love these parents, these families, and these children as well. And um, if you would, I'm going to wrap us up and uh, spend just a moment in prayer uh, for our families, for us as individuals, that we would be the type of people that would have a sincere faith and that we would teach the Bible to the next generation. Would you pray with me? We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. If you'd like more information about Champion Forest Baptist Church, our service times, or how you can get connected, visit us at championforest.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day, and God bless.